welcome to this episode of Poshcast. I'm Piper. And I'm Carlos. And it is time to be posh with us again. Yes. So basically another day, another controversial topic. Not really this time, but it could be. Like from a certain angle, with a certain lens. But I think in this instance, it's more personal talking about your experience. Well, today, if uh, some of you don't know, which (laughs) I don't think that you know, (laughs) but um, I'm half Syrian. And recently, actually, after 12 years, I visited Syria. Um, I used to live there when I was around 10 years old um, for a period, for a kind of long period of time. Um, And why did we decide to film this podcast is because, first of all, me and Piper, we are working on a book, which I decided to write with Piper. And... Also, kind of just chronicling your experience. Mm-hmm. So this podcast episode is kind of a taste of what they might find. In exactly. <laughs> in our book, which is going to come out maybe after ages. <laughs> yeah, like 10 years from now, because it's... <laughs> when I will visit Syria 20 more times. <laughs> the book um, just keeps getting longer. Yeah, but anyway, I visited Syria after 12 years. Um... I haven't seen my family, um, not really my dad. I I basically came from Syria before the whole situation mm-hmm. started there, the war. There was a war in Syria, if uh, some of you also don't know. But um, it was for a long period of time. And why we decided to do this podcast is also people are having lots of questions yeah. that aren't really answered. And maybe this is a way how you can come to your... Yeah, and I think not just questions about the like political situation or what's happening in Syria, but also questions for you when you first left or when you first got back. Yeah, people, like, probably while you were gone too, I just didn't see you then. <laughs> it's like your phone was, like, dinging every second with someone <laughs> being like, isn't it dangerous there? <laughs> like, Actually, yes. Yeah. I've had lots of these questions. I was even criticized for going to Syria. Yeah. Uh, some of the questions were rude. Like, people sometimes think that if they saw something in news, they experienced the yeah. whole... Um, situa- situation which they obviously never did yeah. um, they kind of start to even judge you on uh, the things they saw yeah which you know it, it doesn't need to be said it's incredibly biased the news that comes out like yes especially um, here in the US I'm sure yeah for sure for sure and also the thing is they're only um, they're looking only from one point of yeah. the view from the story so of course their idea is going to be a bit different than my is mm-hmm. um so actually i want to ask you you obviously you know all of the stories <laughs> what i yeah. experienced there or how i lived where i'm from but i wanted to ask you before you met me mm-hmm. what was your point of view about syria like what did you yeah. thought of it like during the wa- war and maybe even before the war began like yeah well before the war began Obviously, when did it start? 2010 or something? It started, like, 2009, 2010. Yeah. Literally, so when I left, it started, so I was lucky. It was lucky. not, honestly, was not on my radar. I was a kid then. I was 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. So, I before the war started, I probably didn't really know much about Syria besides mm-hmm. stereotypes I might have thought about the entire region. But um, 
I think during the war and afterwards, my perception, like, I, I've always been a really optimistic person. I don't know if that's the right word for it. So it's never that I thought it was incredibly dangerous mm-hmm. or, I don't know, uncivilized. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have that perspective and, and stuff like that. That's actually true. And I also know yeah. a lot about, like, oh, I've always been interested kind of in the Arab world, let's mm-hmm. say. And um, especially historically, I, mm-hmm. I always kind of, it, it was like initially a huge part of the like beginnings of civilization. Mm-hmm. So I think that did like tinge my view. But obviously, I thought it's like war-torn. I was like, how are people living there? Like, are they getting like their water just from the rain and cleaning it? You know, like I, I not maybe when I was older, like when you went there, I probably had a better idea. But I do remember <laughs> as a kid seeing pictures on the news and being like, what is going on? You know, like, yeah. I mean, you, you saw the pictures too. It's like buildings broken. I didn't think there was a single like full building in sight. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't think there was a single full building in sight. Thought every building was like crumbling and and broken. Um, well, that's yeah. not correct. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Syria, there are actually many many rich people. Mm. That is definitely something that I didn't expect. <laughs> not expect, but we are just bunch of peasants. <laughs> yeah. No, but like I don't know. It might again. Like this is these. I never thought too deeply or rationally about Syria. Um, until I met you mm-hmm. so and, and despite like my interest in geopolitics and stuff like I was not it's it was hard to imagine that there was wealth in a country that was so like rocked by civil war mm-hmm. um, and also external pressures of course and I didn't even imagine wealth disparity would be a thing mm-hmm. like in my head I kind of thought the, the, the fact that a war was going on would kind of financially devastate everyone and there would be nobody with money at all is obviously untrue it kind of did for for me what i could see before uh is basically those rich people they obviously have businesses outside of syria mm-hmm. or they have a big business inside syria but since ages ago you yeah know? okay um so it's kind of something that won't disappear um definitely now during the war the middle class disappeared yeah okay so I mean, you have kind of a middle class, but for, um, how do, how to say it? Like, I would say with the view of a European, yeah, he would think that you are not a middle class, but you are more like an upper class. Oh, really? Um, but there, I don't know how to explain it, really. Well, now there you are rich or poor. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. um, maybe it's not even correct to say it. There is a middle class. But there's not many of these people. Yeah, okay. Um, and I mean, I guess in my head, maybe I'm wrong, but after you're saying that, my assumption kind of would be that that middle class is very, like, precarious. You know, it's, like, on a tightrope. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, when, that's what I when the economy is in shambles like mm-hmm. that, the country is devastated, probably it's a thin line that you're walking. Mm-hmm. And middle class is not a safe place to be. You can either lose all your money or gain it. You know? Yeah. Maybe. That's, that's, that's kind that's, of... Actually, that's a good point to okay. say because... That's how it kind of is, Mm -hmm. because the middle class kind of disappeared, Mm -hmm. you know? There would be more of rich people and more of uh, very, very poor people instead of, like, being a middle class. So, obviously, there is a middle class, but 
from my point of view, they're kind of on an edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's much better to be, of course, rich, yeah. rich than to be a middle class <laughs> in Syria. Yeah. Because now people, they don't have electricity, um, which I think for, for us, it is really hard to imagine. imagine yeah. um, they don't have gas, um, so they can't really use cars. And, you know, if you live in middle of nowhere or you don't live in Damascus, mm. Um, in the city center then obviously it is really hard to move somewhere yeah. you know there are people struggling to get to their um how you say it in english to their basically cottage house okay. house or something some of them because they do not have gas yeah and they want to go there because it feels safer or something or literally just, no, to just go for visit. a holiday yeah, okay. visit. so yeah they they live normally like yeah. we do live now yeah exactly um there is well i'm alive <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i mean like my assumption with the thing of like going there because it's safe wasn't because i think like everyone is constantly living in fear and fleeing something but just because i can think I, can i stop you there yeah. about living in fear people experience so much during it's, the war yeah. that it is just normal yeah. like if a missile flies over your house and you hear a <laughs> huge explosion first of all like maybe 10% of Syria wakes up, which, yeah. or maybe even 1%, which the 1% is me. <laughs> Honestly, out. that story, like, <laughs> I like, I, I think it's great. We will, we will get, <laughs> I think you should get we to will it. Get to yeah. And they are just used to it. Yeah. I, I ask many of them, I ask my close friends, even my family, and I asked them, how do you deal with this? Yeah. And they just told me, well, you get used to it. Yeah. You don't care anymore. Yeah, of you course. Just, but what can you do, you know? Because me there, I got used to it after too, you know? Yeah. And it's not being crazy, but it's basically continue and living your life, which I think it is very, very brave of them. Yeah, of course. And the fact that they didn't run mm. from Syria, even if they could have run. Yeah. Um... Because they so much love their home. Yeah. That's also a thing that I look up to, kind of. Because mm-hmm. I cannot imagine myself yeah. sitting in a house or somewhere going to school and bombs raining from the fucking yeah. sky, you know? I would lose my shit. I would be depressed. I was only depressed for this one situation that happened. Uh, it fucked up with my mind on so many levels. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, I'm also a crazy person. I, Mm -hmm. not crazy, but I'm brave enough to go. Like, there are so many things. I feel like there are so many reasons that people are not afraid of things. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, there is kind of the social reaction, how people around you are responding. Um, and also the cushioning that you have, kind of, maybe. Like, I think part of the reason that you weren't so scared to go and to be there obviously you had moments because you you live in a country that has net like that is in your lifetime never experienced mm-hmm. this kind of thing um but i think maybe part of the reason that you weren't so scared is because you have your family there yeah and not just the fact that you have your family there but that then you get there and see that to them that it's normal mm-hmm. yeah which helps yeah. so much you know which i think people listening mm-hmm. that are sitting there like 
not I'm not saying there will be many people that think like this, but it's saying like, how could she do that? How could she go there? That would be terrifying. I could never yeah, imagine but it. There are actually yeah. a lot of people, which yeah. sometimes it makes me mad. It does make you mad because you have such a strong connection to yeah. a country where you have family, where you have roots. And like I said, they kind of start to judge you. Um, they ask you a bunch of questions, which they want to have answers to. Yeah. But they immediately start to judge your yeah, answers. Yeah, like, the like, answers, are, they, they expect the answers to come from their lens, kind of. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when, when, your answer, when your answer isn't what they expect, it gives them kind of more questions mm-hmm. or shock or they think something's wrong with you. Like, I remember yeah. that guy that you were arguing with. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, like, but, yeah. Um, does it matter? Yeah, I even got a comment like, well, you're living in Syria this mm. type of way because you are from a different class. Uh, you get it all from your daddy and stuff. Well, um, obviously how you make it, that's how you have it. Yeah. Um, and that's a fact. Mm. That's a fact. Because everybody from zero can go 100. Yeah. Um, there are some tough situations. There are people who don't have education. For sure. Yeah. Um, somebody has this opportunity, somebody doesn't. Mm. Which, it's not nice of me to say it this way, but... Like, life, that's life. Kind that's of. life. Yeah. This I'm not saying that 100% of the situations are fair. Yeah. Or that it's okay that systems are like this or whatever, but that's life, you know? That's life, exactly. Like, you present it with problems, you find a way around it, you find solutions. And from my perspective, I'm not gonna judge a poor person mm. living somewhere or a rich person living somewhere. Yeah. Like, it was their decision, that's how they live, and that's it. And obviously, mm. what they are doing or what they are experiencing, it's gonna come from their point of view. Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course, there's more nuance with the whole, like, class thing and making mm-hmm. it, like, making money, making something of yourself. Yeah. But I think... I think, yeah, when you break it down to its bare bones, it kind of is, like, any any way that you live in Syria, the fact that you were able to go there and visit your family and, and live, like, while you were there in, like, a nice apartment or whatever, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, because your dad worked hard for many years. Yeah. And it's not like he was handed it, you know. Exactly. Like, so, I or think those people you know, passing even, judgment on you. Even if somebody would got it from someone i'm not saying that's my dad's situation yeah but he didn't he went somebody before him worked hard for it yeah. if that's the case you know but that's where that's he life. is yeah and that's, that's life, life. i'm know? not gonna judge anyone for how they are living now, yeah you know so for someone and also the other thing is for somebody who if they are not rude if they are yeah. rude, i'm gonna judge <laughs> but like the thing is for this person that left that comment or whatever on about about you going to syria and it's only nice for you because of your dad mm-hmm. and stuff i think it's also very of course, it's narrow-minded, but there is, there's something else that I can't really pinpoint about it. Like, it's almost, it's obnoxious, it's arrogant. Like, yeah, it's Because they're assuming... Ignorant. It's ignorant, because they're assuming that they, that what they saw on the news, they saw on the news that it's horrible, all culture was destroyed, everybody is miserable. Mm-hmm. And when you're saying, no, it's still beautiful here, it's amazing, people have come together, mm-hmm. whatever, life is great, they say, well, that's only because you're living like this Mm -hmm. but you're the one who's actually there yeah you have the experience it might not be the experience of every single syrian exactly yeah but it is an experience of someone who has at least set foot in syria but this guy has never even been there yeah i'm not judging his um like 
It's not I his do, fault that I he's only under, ever seen this I do art. understand where he is coming yeah. from. And everybody should have their opinion. And mm-hmm. they should say it out loud of if course. they think about it. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't but, be having a podcast you know, if we didn't think exactly. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, in the end, when somebody gives you a good explanation mm-hmm. of things, how they are, I'm saying again, a good explanation. Yeah. I'm pointing on many people now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there is going to be a some type of understanding yeah. in the middle. If, yeah. Of course, I'm not saying there wasn't a war in Syria. There was a war. It was fucking disgusting what happened yeah. there. I don't wish anyone to experience such things. There are consequences after the war. Yes, there are. Yeah, of Life there, is it the place where I want to live happily ever after? Hell no. Mm. But it is still Damascus. It is still Syria. And... If yeah. uh, again I live in Damascus with uh, my dad, um, which also it's a crucial part in this because Damascus wasn't really touched yeah. by the war. It's in a region. That's um, a there are many cities like Aleppo, Hamas, um, um, then with borders uh, with Turkey. These places were touched. And yeah. When you when you actually traveled, I think it was borders to Turkey. There is a place very close to um, Damascus that it's been destroyed. Mm. Um, it goes close the bombs and things. It went close to Damascus, yeah. but not in the city Cent- center. Yeah. You know, mm. like not like boom yeah. and done. Um, sometimes it did, but it was maybe like five percent of mm. that time what I heard or what I saw. So, um, yeah, so that's basically on about the judgment of other people mm. about this topic. And okay, so I wanted to ask a few questions. Yeah, sure. My first one kind of is <laughs> like, you obviously have said you you didn't have like that much fear and stuff mm-hmm. going into it. You were looking forward to seeing your family. Mm-hmm. I'm sure obviously you were like curious about some things or concerned or whatever I was super curious <laughs> <laughs> or like wondering how things were going to be obviously but like what was it like the first few nights or first like week back I'm actually going maybe a bit uh, more from the beginning where yeah. I actually flew to Syria okay um because the trip was kind of interesting um me I have a Syrian citizenship um and even though I have Syrian citizenship, it was not really easy to go to Syria okay. for me. Which um, the biggest problem was, uh, ironically, in Czech Republic. <laughs> but also, like, currently isn't the... Well, I don't know as of right now, but at the time, at least, wasn't it that only Syrians could enter Syria? Uh, basically, it is still the same. Only okay. Syrians can enter Syria. If you are non-Syrian, you can enter too. But you need, but you need visas, you need permissions, okay. and not always they would agree with you, even if you have a permission and they would send you back. Don't you have to, like, know somebody there or something, personally? Uh, yeah. You can't just go visit, right? You can go just visit, what I'm saying. I think it is very, very tough yeah, procedure okay. to go there. Um, if if you have connections there, it is much, much of an easier mm-hmm. way to get there, I think, personally. Okay than just alone and i also heard from actually youtube channels where when i was uh, watching you need to have like a tourist guide yeah. or someone who was like all the time with you when you're mm-hmm. going out because there are still some 
some places where you cannot enter as a tourist or it is basically it would be really bad for Syria to put on their shoulders another tragedy yeah, okay. with a tourist or something for example there was a tourist murdered on I don't know in Aleppo you know or mm-hmm. somewhere in even worse cities that they are there uh, it's not like they want to open it up to this kind yeah, of tourism they kind of yeah. it is going through a recovery yeah, recently yeah. but um obviously the trip there was already intense i was super curious i was super excited mm-hmm. i don't like my feelings were so mixed yeah. i think i was a little bit afraid i haven't seen my dad for four years actually at that point at yeah. that point um and i was excited i was a bit scared mm-hmm. i was you know and again like in me i had this picture of destroyed syria in my eyes yeah so even know? for you before even for you went me. there yeah okay. even for me i actually sorry like to backtrack but i should have asked you the same thing like what did you think about syria yeah. before you went back to syria um i didn't thought it is like in the news but because i only basically saw what is in the news yeah the dramatic like things and mm-hmm. stuff i was like it's gonna be just like rubble <laughs> just, just stones on the ground like <laughs> there's nothing there i'm gonna just i'm gonna sleep outside tumbleweed you know? like rolling like one person <laughs> me it's just you and your dad um yeah but when we entered the borders uh to syria it was actually really lovely because i saw the nature there's like these huge mountains when you enter mm, very long roads to damascus um and then basically it was like it never changed mm. you know when well it did change like you can see it basically like it was abandoned some of the buildings you know more even these famous restaurants that i remember as a kid there were just these buildings from it yeah. you know like empty ones um but it would be like the time stopped kind okay. of for 10 years you know yeah. um yeah, but the first days, my first night there, um, I was celebrating my 22nd birthday when I came. So I remember when I woke up and I just started to clean. <laughs> On your I, birthday? <laughs> I was just, I mean, I, since day one, I think I was in some kind of stress, mm. but I didn't let it show or I didn't even say anything you also because i think it's not even just the stress of being in syria but like it's daunting to go on a long trip anywhere yeah, because i was and there especially, for half a year so yeah and especially with your dad who you haven't seen in four years like it's not like it's scary because he's your dad but it's not it's also like you're not there alone yeah so you're adjusting to being with a, a new person mm-hmm. almost again and like the new so, sn- setting for the first week yeah i was viper only cleaner <laughs> I was literally cleaning. <laughs> I got this like I don't know what was it, but I like did, a frenzy just I everything. did not stop. Yeah. I did not stop. And maybe it was like a week. And I think my dad thought I'm going crazy. Yeah. Um, but also because my dad lives alone. Um and he's there alone. were there were so many things also in the apartment abundant, like yeah. um that needs to be fixed and stuff and I was actually glad mm. that <laughs> there was stuff to do. <laughs> there was stuff to do because I might have lost my mind. You would have been I, like I breaking think... things just to fix yeah. them. <laughs> like... 
I think I did lost my mind mm. when I was cleaning. But anyway, I was the first five days I was cleaning. But the thing about Syria, when you're a good person and you have nice neighbors, mm. they take care of you like you would be their kid. I actually wanted to like. I have some thoughts about this kind of like I don't know if it's just in general. I hear this a lot with like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like the kind Middle of Eastern Middle culture. Eastern culture yes. exactly. But also, I wonder if the fact that there was such like that the country, you know, everything happened that mm-hmm. happened there. Yeah, I wonder if it in a way kind of brought people together. You know, it, like do you see a difference <clears throat> in that before and after the war? Do you feel like people uh, are more like a kinder no. to each other? No, no. they are much more rude than they were oh, really? before okay much 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 more rude uh but it's not your close people okay. you know to be honest i'm very very grateful for my neighbors and my family there because if they wouldn't be there yeah i would definitely lose it yeah like for sure 100 percent. but you know what they say like if in a country you have uh good company yeah then you don't have to nothing to worry about yeah exactly because suddenly you don't want to leave from these people. Yeah. You want to stay with them. Um, you want to enjoy the time with them. So, um, back to my first days. <laughs> so, I was cleaning like crazy. Um, then I celebrated my birthday. And mm. my neighbors made for me cake and a party. And they they loved my dad, you know. Yeah. So, they would take me like their own. Which... It's something so warming because yeah. here in Czech Republic, for example, it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, if your neighbor doesn't tell you that you are a bitch, <laughs> then I don't know if he's okay. But like you, if your neighbor hasn't like insulted you, you don't yeah, have a neighbor. Have like, a <laughs> <laughs> um, but there it's different. Like, yeah, they heard what is my favorite food, and I'm telling you, for half a year, every day they they would give me my favorite food. You know. <laughs> Now, like, tangent, now I want to go get, like, go to the Lebanese restaurant yeah. after this. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> so, our favorite. It's our favorite. Like, I immediately started thinking of, like, bread. And- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's definitely experience mm. where people are really close. Um, they help you with anything. And that's also my experience before the war started. Because when I was a kid and I used to study there in primary school, um kids did he live in the same place like, yeah, yeah yeah okay we so the, did the, the neighbors know you when you were kids some of them some of them yes okay. some of them are new now okay. uh some of them moved abroad because of the war okay. so it changed mm-hmm. a lot they are not the same people um but when i was a kid in primary school there kids were so grown up yeah in that time and they like loved to help me yeah you know which was amazing because I never experienced that in my life here in Czech Republic, you yeah. know? Which was amazing because in Czech Republic, I basically never had this kind of an experience. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a new thing to me. So like I said, people are very loving. Uh, my first day was uh, cleaning, birthday party. Mm-hmm. With a, oh, how of a good of a cook my neighbor is yeah (laughs) it's it is a mom of uh, two daughters and Mm -hmm. one son she is amazing like i don't even know how i lost weight in syria because i was she was like feeding me like all the time 
um yeah but uh back to more of a traumatic experience <laughs> that happened to me mm-hmm. um first day so i would say that was my fifth sixth day in syria okay. maybe a week i don't know and of course i was a big girl i was saying this is chill this yeah. is syria everybody you know shut the fuck up like I know what's fine i know what's going on it's I'm... fine i know what is going on nothing ever is going to happen to me like i got this and yeah i got this whole aries um Thing <laughs> just like power energy, yeah. like stubborn. And- well, yeah, maybe being more of a dumbass than <laughs> power energy, but we can call it what you want. Um, yeah, and one night I go to bed, everything is super fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, finally, I'm tired, exhausted. It's super hot in Syria in summer, like, you can't breathe almost. Yeah. You just want to die. It's like 24-7 in sauna. But if you ever been to Dubai or to Middle Eastern country, mm. somewhere where it is hot like this, then you know yeah. how it is. Uh, plus, sometimes no electricity. So, um, no air conditioning. No, you're just all. like catching your last breath <laughs> sometimes. Um, but what I wanted to say, uh, that night I went to bed and... Suddenly, maybe like around two o'clock in the morning, I hear sirens, and because it was time of Ramadan, people mm. go sleep really late. Um, and sometimes even the kids they play like until three o'clock in the morning. They don't really have like a schedule, you know, like we have here. Um, it was it was really late, and I hear sirens. Um, and. First thing in my head is some dumbass kid is playing. I can't sleep, you know, what is happening? Just be quiet, like, you know? What toys do the kids have here? Like, well, but that's the thing. They actually do. They do have these kind of toys. Yeah. They love guns, mm-hmm. They which is which is super not correct. Like, yeah. um, they get guns. And my dad always tells to the neighbors, he, he says don't buy them guns because they are manipulated from the war and they were born in the war you know so they experience it they think it is you know we know when it is a game with a gun but we know when it is not a game with a gun you know some of these young kids they but like which is another topic yeah it's toy guns but they look like a fucking real but is it toy guns that don't shoot or is it like these bb guns that shoot like pellets Um, or something or is it like it depends. Just it, yeah, okay. it depends what you what I mean, you and got. kids here play with that, but, like, kids here don't grow up, yeah, but like, you with know, the climate he, of You war. know, some of these kids, they're like, I'm gonna fucking shoot you, you know? Yeah. Like, they're, like, very into the character <laughs> of being... <laughs> they were, like... They, like, have got it down. They did a lot of character study yeah, in the bad lie, It wasn't really... Uh, pleasing when a kid was, like, pointing at you with a gun in Syria. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Um, but not all of the kids are like that. There yeah. are so many of lovely kids and people, like I said. Anyway, uh, this night I hear sirens. Um, then they repeat again. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? You know? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Me, I'm texting my boyfriend that I can't sleep. Like, I have a weird feeling in yeah. me, you know? Like, something is going to happen. Like, I don't know what, but like... I am not feeling well. You're like convinced that something bad is happening. Um, 
and suddenly three o'clock in the morning and because our apartment it's basically half glass okay. like glass windows mm-hmm. from bottom from like floor to ceiling yeah exactly and suddenly this whole fucking room lights up <laughs> you know like a fireball and then i just hear like a pew <laughs> I'm laughing, no, it's not even <laughs> But I remember when you first told me this story. Full disclosure, I've heard it before, guys. I got the exclusive. I I really, like, didn't know whether to laugh or to be, like, fucking terrified for you. Like, I really remember you were telling me, and I was like, is this... Like, should I sit here with, like, a solemn face? Like, oh, my God, Carla, like, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> or is it, like, funny? Because it's kind of a little it's, funny. Like, it gets, <laughs> like, it gets even funny. Worse. Yeah, exactly. It gets, it gets even like, worse. Yeah. So, um, because we live somewhere close to military services where Israel loves okay, to this shoot. this part is not funny. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say the actual funny part. Not yet, not yet. This part is not but, funny, guys. I do not think this is funny. <laughs> Why is this happening? Why there was a missile going over my house? Was because there are military (laughs) services somewhere near to our house. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is fucking terrifying because once in a while Israel just decides, oh, okay, today I'm going to shoot down, like, for fun, you know, three o'clock in the morning, it's time to go, you know. (laughs) Um, Also, funny thing, my dad says, you know, we are less afraid of, Israeli people to shoot us than than actually Syrian people trying to take this rocket down. <laughs> At least the Israeli military has like precision. Well, sometimes. Sometimes, well, but the thing is, you never yeah. know. <clears throat> of that's, course, yeah. that's correct. You never know where it is going to land. Mm-hmm. Um, this was super close. They unfortunately even missed the military services. <laughs> Um, the Israeli people Mm. but um, anyway it's my first time experiencing this in my life so I wasn't laughing at that point I was shaking I was fucking terrified I I, actually I thought my my life is done you know I was like okay this is my destiny after 12 years I came to Syria and a bomb is gonna (laughs) take me down you're texting everyone you love in your life, like yeah, just to let you know. <laughs> I'm loving my life. It's it's done. It's done. It's done. Well, and now Syrian people are going to laugh at me like they did before, you know, because mm-hmm. they experienced the whole experience. Yeah. I experienced just not even one percentage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It is terrifying. Me. Three o'clock in the morning, running to my dad's, you know, shaking with him, literally like shaking <laughs> with him. I'm like, dad, just dad, grabbing dad. him, you know, like, I'm like, Baba, Baba, you know, and I'm like, bump, you know, we are going to die because the whole fucking building yeah. shook, you know, like it shook. You could see like the whole bump explode, or I don't know even what it yeah. was. I was like in such a, a shock, shock like. that I just saw like the whole room orange suddenly and then just like a huge explosion Mm. um i went to my dad i'm telling you (laughs) my dad he's like he did not move (laughs) he did not move and so like my dad's snoring there (laughs) like i swear i was like that i had to i don't know what he is taking but i had to like (laughs) just slapping him like wake up Slap the shit out of him. 
I, I don't know what I was even yeah. doing. I just know I was like shaking and aggressively shaking him. <laughs> and then I was like, dad, dad, like bomb, you know, mm-hmm. like missile. I don't know. Something is happening. My dad. What? And I was like, a bomb, a bomb. Like we are going to die. Like this is over. This is the end. <laughs> my dad. How many? And I was like, I was like, there's going to be more. <laughs> You're like, what do you mean? That's that's not it. Oh like there, uh... I was like, that's not it. And he was like, and like usually dad says he was like, Habibi. <laughs> <laughs> Two more bumps and it's over. And I was like, like two more he's like wake me up when there's another one (laughs) no literally he was like two more and it's done (laughs) i was like okay um there were two more and it was done that night okay okay yeah Yeah, it was actually it it was um it wasn't small uh well i survived i'm here my dad calling everyone the other day ha carla is <laughs> panic attack because she heard a bomb first life like i don't think so she's gonna stay any much longer call is probably going home you <laughs> yeah. should come see her now yeah. she she really like um, shot herself over that bomb last night guys haha <laughs> like <laughs> you're sitting there at the but table the like... thing is all of them were laughing at me yeah they were laughing it was well now i'm laughing yeah. too you know so well he here I am, psycho. But I mean, I'm laughing at the story, but I also probably would, like, if we ever go together and this happens, I'm going to be the one crying, yeah, like, I'll... checking ways out, like, <laughs> and you're going to be like, shut up, like, yeah. it's fine. Up, it's fine. Like, not that it's fine, it's still tragic and it's so sad that these things happen, but it just goes to show how yeah. kind of normal it became. Well, I decided after, I didn't have even a doubt to go back home. Yeah. Even if that happened. I don't know if, that's, I mean, you kind of probably thought about it beforehand. Like, yeah, I don't know if that it's dumb Carla or smart Carla um, yeah. or tough Carla. I don't know. <laughs> but my boyfriend, he was really, really mad at me when he heard it. He was scared. He was freaking. He was yeah. actually one of the first people who knew. Um, I didn't really. I just, you know, and then my best friend. And that's really kind of Did it. you speak I, like, because I feel like if you had told your mom, she would have you home oh actually i said it to my mom a few days later uh and she was like okay really <laughs> she, <laughs> she was like care. um it's not like she doesn't care i think she's trying to hide her emotions to yeah. not freak me out more yeah yeah uh but i wasn't freaked out at that point mm-hmm. i told her like five days later um yeah i was like well there's no point of saying something because people would be like okay again she's crazy and stuff like that which i might be um well my boyfriend he was super mad at me then i was mad at him that he is mad at me it's not like i fucking did that you know (laughs) Um, i didn't set the bomb like (laughs) yeah but then you know in your head it's like and what you're going to go back home and then somebody's going to shoot you in a car you know like yeah exactly it it doesn't matter there's danger everywhere like yeah i'm not saying that syria is the safest place in the world but it's certainly not the most dangerous like there's dangerous everywhere why would you miss out on this opportunity to be with your family to experience a life that could have also been yours But why would you miss out on it? Like just because of just because of a fear of something that everyone around you was yeah. saying. There's nothing to worry about. But exactly now we are taking it as a joke because this little thing what happened to me it doesn't equal all the good things that happened to me there. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was big closure for me, um, seeing my family again, and 
even having this experience it gives you so much as a person yeah um because like you said like when i mean when you don't really experience it experience it you don't really know what you are talking about Mm -hmm. which it is with everything but also i'm not saying it is wrong to have opinions about things Mm -hmm. which you didn't experience no, of and course you've seen not. Somewhere. I mean, of course not. Like that's definitely not true. Yeah. But, like at the same time, with something like this, uh, it's like, like, I mean, I think when you don't have the experience, you have to try and take in as many sides as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem here. That when mm-hmm. people criticize it from their perspective, oftentimes with the case of Syria, it's like their perspective is just so yeah my, and, like myopic and that's, that's what we are one, doing you know? here in our podcast is we are showing the other side of things either way if it's yeah if something has only positive effect we show some negative effects yeah. what they have again about syria everybody th- thinks it is a i don't know hell in the world you know yeah. but it is not there are, i think much worse places to go visit much more dangerous places mm. and there are many things to experience. There are many things to learn, to taste, you know. Um, yeah. It's basically different life. It's not like I can compare my life here to my life in Syria. Well, I'm a totally different person in Syria than I'm here, mm-hmm. for sure. Not only because of culture, but... Yeah, well, basically yeah. because of culture. But then it kind of changes you. You yeah. act differently. Um and you have to kind of sync up in their culture or in also my culture. But it's such a beautiful thing, I think, like with this episode and with the book and stuff. Like, because you're also not showing a view through rose tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're doing this kind of pendulum swing of saying, okay, everybody says negative things about mm-hmm. Syria, I'm only going to say the good mm-hmm. things. You're, you're giving a realistic perspective yeah. of your time there, For you know, sure. a real, a, like a realistic window into. Mm-hmm into Syrian life kind of um which I think is so important I think that's Mm -hmm. what's missing not just in this discussion but in every discussion yeah that's like like let's acknowledge the good and the bad yeah like let's let's be real with things for sure like I'm Syria would I would love to live there now hell no Mm. like that's not a place where well maybe if I would be super rich you know and make my all business mentioned there and stuff yeah maybe i would be pleased i don't know but i mean there are so many there's some so many parts that sounds so you would have to like, make so many things for yourself to be like happy, happy yeah, there yeah. and have everything you well know? especially if you come from a place like that we've been so lucky to grow up in and live in like in mm-hmm. in countries that have not experienced this kind of like uh pressure like you know mm-hmm. this these times because obviously there are things <laughs> there are things that you are gonna miss miss mm-hmm. that in Syria they I'm not saying they've never had them obviously but like if, if you if, if your country goes through war for 12 years you're gonna realize what's important and what isn't kind mm-hmm. of so yeah. for us like even something as simple like you spoke about like the problems how about the electricity mm-hmm. how not every place has electricity all yeah, the time that's that's actually crazy because um people don't even think about that but people have do you call it like shortages of electricity yeah. um some people have only one hour a day of electricity mm. um and some people have no electricity at all because in their district there is no electricity yeah 
uh, somewhere they have three hours electricity, three hours no electricity, three hours electricity. And imagine living in such a hot country in summer, mm. having no air condition, having no place to cook. So they yeah. cook all things on gas, basically, on the gas yeah. bombs. Um, and then there are other rules which we might well we will get to them in the book uh and we will describe them yeah. how actually people live and they are they are kind of how to say it they have rules how to live you know mm. uh if you are not rich enough to afford everything you can buy for a cheaper price only this amount of bread you know yeah kind of like rations. Uh, mm-hmm. so there are many rules there is mm. no gas again um so sometimes and even the electricity the shortages are controlled like just mm-hmm. for clarification mm-hmm. it's not like these places can't don't have the capacity for electricity it's that the government Somewhere controls the literally there is no capacity okay um because somewhere they have literally only building which is walls okay and empty windows you know but that's when it comes to really poor people um then there is actually uh, even in the richest districts, um, they do have shortages of electricity, mm. and it is even close uh, to place where the president lives, and it is controlled. So, and sometimes year to year they change the timing of yeah. the places and the districts and stuff like that um so people they have like generators for electricity but then you cannot use a lot of it because then you wouldn't have none you know for example microwave you know if you have one or that's kind of what i mean with like understanding like the value of things changes Mm -hmm. to you like i think not like but i just want to add up to it even if you are rich rich you still don't have electricity sometimes. Yeah, you know? exactly. Or you still cannot get gas yeah. because there is no gas. Like you wait maybe fucking six hours to get gas from the gas station, which for some people again, like it's you cannot you cannot even imagine this kind yeah. of life. You know, I I would love to see some of these people who are actually like yeah. saying these judgmental things. Uh, they would experience the life there. Even though they would live a really good life, yeah, you know, um, yeah. Th- there was actually a one guy. Even um, I was well, basically me. Twelve years in, after twelve years, I came to Syria, so I was basically amazed from all of it. Yeah. Uh, so I was amazed from food. I was amazed how everything is basically all the fruits they come from season. So basically, it mm-hmm. is fresh. You know, you don't have frozen things. You make this all by yourself. You know, so. Yeah. If you want beans, you buy fresh beans, then you froze them and you make it by yourself, yeah. you know? Um, and he was he is also Syrian and he wasn't in Syria since the war started, you know? Yeah. Um, he was like, how is it there? My father sometimes go there time to time because he has some businesses. But I see you on Insta story, like you are amazed from like everything, you know, kind of. Yeah. You know, he gave me this thing. And the I was condescending. Like, I was like, and you should be too. Yeah. You should be a proud Syrian, and you should be amazed yeah. too that actually I, mean, I can get this. This is gonna sound like maybe it sounds so crazy, um, because of also of obviously all the negative things I've heard you say, but I kind of am like romanticizing it in my head. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, 
the fresh fruit, the community, mm-hmm. like the sense of community. Yeah. yeah. The the thing you said about kind of everyone knowing everyone, mm-hmm. like how you would go to somewhere and they would be like, "Oh, you're so and so's daughter," or yeah, yeah, "Oh, yeah. I, you're the neighbor of this person," whatever. Which was like, creepy and scary. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes probably, but like that sense of community doesn't because exist not, as much. Here. Yeah. No, it's not because being after twelve years in Syria and then somebody stops you and they're <laughs> like, "Oh, you're a daughter of this yeah. this person," and I was like. Who are you? You know, which yeah, um, yeah which was. Uh, but I also think uh, there are so many things. I mean, I d- I haven't heard this from you, but I've heard b- like because of the electricity outages mm-hmm. and stuff. Sometimes people, I mean, I know this is a big part of Middle Eastern culture mm-hmm. in general, but like these communal cooking spaces, like where people take their bread in the morning, they take the dough, and then I don't know if you experienced this, but I I was reading about it somewhere. Like they will make the dough at home and they'll take it, and there's this one guy who has this big like traditional like stone oven or something mm-hmm. and he just cooks the spread and then you go get it at the end of the day and stuff like that i did not experience that no? in syria usually you just get it from bakery or there's a guy in a truck selling bread mm. and it's very for cheaper prices because bread for them now it's expensive also well at the beginning to say everything is now super expensive there for people because the money syrian uh found um it lot is it Syrian pound? Yes, Syrian. Oh shit, stop. <laughs> Syrian oh, pound. We checked. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> the Syrian pound. <laughs> I was like confused if I'm saying it correctly in English. So, um, the Syrian pound lost its value. So now, basically, if you come there from Europe or from a different country and you come with I don't know how much money, then you are super rich because you can afford yeah. it all. You know. Um. Well, when on the other hand, there are people still struggling. But what we were talking about, um, so basically, there is a there is a guy with a bread. He has like a truck. He yeah. sells fresh bread, and people are basically fighting over it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's actually crazy because it's for the cheaper cheaper price, and it's fresh. So, um, and you buy it on, uh, on these measurements that you can buy. This oh, much of like a bread, ration. this much of a yeah. gas, this much of rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting um, how people live there now. Definitely mm. the time stopped. You can see many effects of the war. Uh, for example, like you wanted to ask me. Oh, yeah, about restaurants? Yeah, well? about restaurants. Yeah, I just like that question kind of came up because you would always tell me that you would going to a restaurant with mm-hmm. your dad or something and maybe it's very like narrow-minded of me but the idea of a of course I'm like restaurants have always existed will always exist but like the I like I'm sure a restaurant in Syria post-war looks very different to a restaurant in the Czech Republic like in my head yeah. not even just like visually but like the setup and stuff like are, are there are a lot of people going mm. to restaurants and yeah, actually, that's the thing. I think not only in Syria, but in Middle East, people love to go to restaurants in the evening. Or, look, Syrian people, they love to eat. Okay. They're eating 24-7. Yeah. When I was there, I was sick of food. I was like, I, I can't believe people, they eat so much here. And they were always <laughs> laughing at me. Um, But restaurants in Syria also, before the war, mm-hmm. were different than after the war. Another, again, the effect is shortage of electricity. Mm. So 
it is really hard to keep the food fresh in restaurants because they don't have fridge, Fridges, for example, yeah. you know, sometimes. So you can get very easily food poisoned, which I did like every fucking single time I was <laughs> in Syria. And then you end up with a IV, um, how you call it? IV drops? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you think you are going to die, but then in the end you, you won't. Um, <laughs> detox <laughs> <laughs> that's um, why you lost weight in syria <laughs> Food well, yeah actually i lost five yeah. kilos when i was uh sick mm. but actually the uh, health system there is also pretty um comparing to czech republic pretty amazing <laughs> yeah. um in some in some bad ways, yeah. good ways defense you know um but it, restaurants in syria i think it is something in their culture they love to go to restaurants they love to go pretty late in the evening. Mm-hmm. Restaurants are sometimes open to three o'clock in the morning. You know, That's even my dream. Yeah, okay. I love it. I hate I love living it. here. Like, I don't. I don't even know if I've ever lived anywhere with super late restaurants. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like in the Czech Republic, you have to go to a restaurant like latest eight p.m. Yeah. If you show up but at nine, I hate they're it. like kitchens closing yeah, in forty yeah, minutes. Yeah, like, yeah. hurry up, get the fuck out. Yeah. I'm like, no, I want to eat. I want to eat and sit now. here all night. Like. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I love too, and it's very sad if we don't have it yeah. here. Because actually, that's the magic in it. That well, they don't really. They do have clubs in Syria. Also, disclaimer: they do have clubs in okay. Syria, um, or let's say bars, uh, which I never visited because I'm very halal. <laughs> <laughs> or um, um, which means kind of not sinful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for you're a good girls who don't understand, but. Um, What's the like Arabic version of like gringo, like stupid white person? I didn't say gringo correctly, but you know what I mean. Like how like I had like uh like Latin American friends. Like the opposite, you mean of uh, halal? No, or? not the opposite of halal. Like it's haram. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like to say like a stupid like a stupid person who doesn't get the culture. Like, is there a word for it? Like, when you would look at an outsider? Definitely, there is a word for it, but what I use is always the Ihmar, which is the donkey, which is, (laughs) which is really, which is, sorry, people, which is, uh, which is really a common thing to use, but, um, I'm not really native, native speaker, Mm. so I believe my, um, lovely family would think of something <laughs> better than me you know yeah. i'm the nicest one from them you know yeah, only because you you have no like <laughs> yeah. language or capacity to be so rude <laughs> they think you're so sweet uh, but they yeah. just haven't heard you speaking exactly. english or czech like. <laughs> exactly i'm always like a mud donkey and that's it and you can <laughs> do what you want with that um but actually there are many restaurants well first of all you always have uh shisha and restaurant mm. um so that's kind of the vibe then and you would be surprised but there are very very luxury restaurants okay. in syria uh that i don't even think we have in czech republic yeah you know um this vibe of it mm-hmm. kind of um they're building new things in syria now so there is always some kind of new restaurant if there is a new food truck new restaurant people go crazy you know mm. that there is this and this and this and I'm like, <laughs> pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow. Ooh. laughs> and there's, you know, this roll-up ice cream, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, roll-up ice cream. I'm like, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody is, they love food, yeah. you know. And me, who 
I'm, I just don't really care. I'm like, okay, ice cream, let's get ice cream. Mm. Then they're like amazed with ice cream and amazed with This episode is making me so hungry. I don't know why we've <laughs> spoken about food so much, but like literally all I've been thinking of this entire time is like bread and hummus and like... <laughs> we should go to <laughs> and like tabbouleh. Like I'm now. serious. Like I, I really do want to go. <laughs> but we, it's, it's, it's quarter to eight. So if yeah. we want to make it, we got to run because <laughs> it's run. the Czech Republic. <laughs> I was actually there recently and yeah. he remembered me after oh, years nice. so that was that was really sweet. Um yeah, but there is so much to say about Arabic culture, Middle Eastern culture in general and about Syria. Um um so I mean you spoke about this when we were mm-hmm. speaking amongst ourselves but and also actually little you said it was creepy that people remembered you and stuff which is i guess one way that people perceived you is in relation to your dad or other people you know but just how is it in general because i don't think it's wrong of me to say this you don't look like a traditional syrian i think i mean now that your hair is less blonde and stuff mm-hmm. but i know when you first went there from the rain and depression <laughs> <laughs> when you first went there your hair was like blonde yeah. super pale because it, you spent like the winter Vampire. in the Czech republic like so yeah what was it like um well people view you differently mm. when because syria is not anymore um they are not anymore used to seeing tourists yeah, it let's used to say be really international so right? yeah it used to be very international a lot of investors were coming to syria they still do come but you can't see them that much you mm-hmm. can't really hear about them Unless you go to an ambassador or something or yeah. you have a chat. Um, or friends yeah. around contacts. What they kind of think about me first that um, I'm Russian. <laughs> <laughs> and yay, Russian girl coming to Syria I'm on a trip. I'm super excited about it. Uh, they do not expect from me at all that I am syrian Mm. so sometimes they would speak in arabic and i would understand what they are saying which awkward for them plus for (laughs) me (laughs) me playing dumb russian girl (laughs) um but they can tell from my accent for sure when i try to speak uh Mm. syrian which uh, i was shy sometimes like in front of strangers Mm -hmm. uh so always my cousins were like speak 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 and i was like no they're going to rip us off like they're going to take our money because they think i'm a tourist literally (laughs) i was like when we went to shopping i was like i'm gonna keep my mouth shut and you speak because Mm -hmm. we need to get it for the best price (laughs) um but even though i wouldn't speak they would knew it's the way i dress the Mm -hmm. way I look, they even, immediately they speak to me like Russian, Russian, Russian. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you were doing that fake accent the whole time you were there. (laughs) Oh, I don't blame them. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, so they would think that, um, actually funny fact, there's like a huge picture of Putin in the middle of Damascus. (laughs) (laughs) I should have stood beside him and would be like, yeah. People would have really been like, there she is. (laughs) (laughs) So, the daughter of the villain. Um, no. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes people were... Well, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere by myself, obviously. Mm. Uh, there was always someone beside me. Sometimes people, I felt like they would be scared to let me go somewhere or not have me beside mm. that I would suddenly, like, disappear. There is actually a funny story what I have... Uh, 
about that. And yeah, they they would speak to me, they would approach me, um, which wasn't really comfortable, you yeah. know. But obviously, I do not blame them. Yeah. <laughs> but I do not blame them in a way that mm-hmm. they haven't seen someone in such a long time. And also, it's just these curiosity, people, I guess. they were like, some of them were at an age of 10, you know, they missed all their like, yeah. life, which people do not realize that some of the people actually missed half of their let's say puberty or yeah. half of their childhood or living like a normal oh, the human entire being. thing if you're nine years old your entire life was essentially like yeah you know well and one day was my cousin and actually what about kids like do kids approach you maybe more than adults like because kids uh, are a lot more like Oh, like I feel like adults maybe have this kind of filter of like, okay, she's obviously foreign, but I'm not gonna go up no, to her. Actually, no, actually, only kids who knew me approached me. Okay. My neighbor fell in love with me. He was like six. He was <laughs> such a sweetheart. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, not really. It was always like age twenty or something. Okay. It wasn't much. It wasn't all the time. But sometimes, yes, I would even feel like somebody touching me. You mm-hmm. know, like they kind of like. They're more aggressive now, okay. but because they haven't seen anything like that yeah. in such a long time. Um, and then they see me with Syrian people. Also, for those who doesn't know, Syrian people are not all dark skin. Mm, yeah. Uh, they are not all brown hair, uh, brown eyes, thick eyebrows. No. no. Syrian girls, some... Syrian women or girls in general, they're blonde, mm-hmm. they have blue eyes, and men, some of them, a lot of them actually, are ginger with blue eyes, which many people, they do yeah. not know. My dad, he's pale as me, Yeah. unless he goes to the sun, yes, then he gets some color. My aunt, same thing, mm-hmm. you know, it depends what you get it from, like yeah, half of, of my cousins, they are uh, more... Uh, dark than me or like having more tan skin um they have these dark hair thick eyebrows no i don't have that but also my dad doesn't have that my grandma she looked kind of like a european you know so um yeah so i don't i don't know what they saw in me that was so different you know because in some way they're like yes you look like that maybe Mm -hmm. You don't, but even even people here they think I'm Russian sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I could. It's the first. You know, like <laughs> there are like, uh, like different cultures have different kind of like, yeah, yeah, phenotypes. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know, like, like the way different mm. uh, genes present, kind yeah. of. And I, and like face structure and stuff. I yeah. feel like for me, if I'm trying to pinpoint where someone's from, I, it's not like, okay, obviously race is a big indicator, mm-hmm. like kind of, or not race, but like skin color, you know, like, yeah. but not always, mm-hmm. like, of course, even Russia itself, huge, yeah. huge, vast mm-hmm. with like, hundred, like hundreds of different skin tones, yeah. way, eyebrows, bone mm-hmm. structure, mm-hmm. like things like that, but still on some level, I think you, there are things you kind of can group, yeah. almost, yeah, for I sure. don't know, for me, the thing, that I would say looks Russian about you, this is not relevant at all, it's almost like the forehead and the cheekbones for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, that's just always what I think. But then the other thing is, 
So when you I also think something. No, but like about when you Russian. say it that you look Russian, like I can kind of like <laughs> because Peter, it, for you example, know? he also he told me that there are some features of me that looks like yeah, I'm Russian. I don't know. But I blame it on the first that I wear all the time, and that's it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the giant furs and the knee-high boots, maybe. But I don't know. I also think, but of course, when I look at you and I try and find things that look Syrian, like I've said this before, like your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your eyes, your lips, like I feel like those features that sounds like I'm in love with you. Like <laughs> your eyes and your lips, like you, but, are. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Well, there are many types of people like in yeah. Syria, you know, like I would look at someone and I wouldn't say that they are Syrian, you know, yeah. or that they are from Middle East. But it was an experience. People look at you, they stare at you. Um once I had like well, I was always my my clothes was appropriate to the culture, yeah. but once it was hot hot again, <laughs> and I had like let's say a shorter dress. Yeah. But it covered my knees, and immediately people stare. You know, yeah. like you get so many looks from men, um, because again they didn't see it for such a long time. So, it's like in the late times. You know, you would just yeah. show your ankle, and people would be amazed. You know. <laughs> I showed my yeah. whole leg and they, they almost like, fainted. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but they yeah. they, they give they give <laughs> they they give you these sexual looks kind yeah, of you know, right. like it's of a, of yeah. You know what they are thinking and it is very uncomfortable. So from that time I never took this dress uh mm. just in the all center because that was the biggest mistake I made. Yeah. And then I was trying to cover like more and more and as we entered, for example, like places like some more private mm-hmm. restaurants or stuff, yes, then I would wear, yeah. wear these kind of things. But also, it thinks some of Syrian women they dress like horse. Oh, okay. Um, and this is not a joke. This like is how? what is like... actually happening. Well, I can't be saying that they are dressing like horse because probably. In the contrast of Syrian other yeah. women, you know? So yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. Really high heels, tank tops, you know, breasts out. They have a lot of plastic surgeries. But the thing is, they never look at them. Yeah. You know? Because they, I think they kind of know that they are from there. Yeah. It's not so exotic, you know? It's so. not really different for them. Yeah. The, actually, Syrian men now are making fun of these women because they... They literally all look the same. Yeah. My dad is saying like, oh God, he even said, we went, <laughs> we went to a dermatologist mm-hmm. once uh, because I had some troubles there and woman came out, then a second came behind her. We were waiting in the waiting room mm-hmm. and my dad out loud, he said, oh girls, you have the same doctor. Everybody's going to the same doctor here. There's one man in Syria that is very, very rich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I was just saying, can you fix my pimples, please, <laughs> on my whole face? Um, no, but that's how it is. Um, we can actually make a, another episode about Syrian and Middle Eastern women. Yeah. Uh, what is missing there? I think that would be really interesting to talk about it. There is so much more to say. Yeah. And there is so much more I experienced. Um, obviously now er- earthquake happened in Syria, mm. which is not a good thing um, at all. Because let's say a country after a war, now there is a um, earthquake. 
a lot of things are messed up, but it's not all dark as yeah. it looks like. Um, there are many, many lovely people. I had great experience there. Actually, in the end of it, I didn't want to go back. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to stay. And I think um, we will have much more to talk about in the future about this yeah. or our next episode where I can I continue. Mean, it's such an interesting and like expansive topic. I don't even know if I would call it a topic, but like there's it's it, it, it's impossible to kind of distill an entire culture mm-hmm. into an hour long episode yeah. or whatever. Like there's so many questions, so many comparisons to make, so many stories that you yeah. have and yeah, it's just but I'm very glad that I can speak about it with you or discuss this kind of topic because you are very open-minded mm-hmm. about it and we've been working on on the book and things and you heard out my stories and it's actually great to have someone again who doesn't judge you mm-hmm. know who just like ask is curious wants yeah. to mo- know more have their own like healthy opinion about things and that's very nice to to have and to talk about i was thinking that maybe in next episode what we can do and we can spoiled it out here more <laughs> uh we can talk about the crisis what is happening there mm-hmm. how people are um actually dealing with it and also kind of more of a political economic political, perspective exactly yeah. and more of another even dangerous and nice stories that i experienced there because mm-hmm. one episode isn't enough and no. um i believe that our listeners may or they have some questions about Syria so they can actually ask us and we would or I would love to uh, answer from my own perspective what I experience and also I know Piper is involved like more politically Mm. in Syria and uh, you study some parts of it which is also great so we have these kind of two points of view Um, yeah and if you do want to ask a question you can on Spotify. There is a little box at the bottom. I, I don't know exactly how it looks as a listener, but you can I ask did, questions directly through yeah. Spotify. Mm-hmm. And of course, as we say every episode, we have like every social media imaginable, even though they're not really fleshed out yet. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah. But Instagram, you can check TikTok. our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, yeah. everywhere. Our name is Poshkas. And Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Yes. Uh, I hope you liked it and you also loved when we talked about <laughs> missiles. <laughs> sleep, sleep tight. Sleep tight. Good night. <laughs> but yes, thank you for listening. Thank and, uh, you for listening. Good night. <laughs>